there's an old saying that's attributed to St. Francis, and that is preach Jesus and when necessary, use words. Well, to be sure, I believe both words and deeds are needed to proclaim the gospel. After all, St. Paul said, how can they ever know unless they have not heard, or how can they believe if they have not heard? Yet there are, there are those moments in those seasons and in those situations where we can communicate the love of God through our actions in ways that words cannot. And in many ways, you as the people of God and our ministry partners have been the sermon today. Your compassion, your mercy, your love, your generosity, your faithfulness, your dedication, your flexibility to do what it takes to serve. I mean, Open Table ended up a, a curbside cafe, your sacrifice. I have been so inspired by our congregation and by our ministry partners this year. You've proclaimed Jesus in a time of great need for our city, for our state, for our nation, and our world. So I'm not going to use my normal amount of words this morning. However, I do want to share with you a word, a thought that the Lord placed on my heart this past week about the season of ministry that we will always forever know as, as 2020 that we've just navigated, and frankly, we've still got some more room or ways to go. The ancient Greek playwright and poet Asiklis wrote 500, 500 years before the birth of Jesus, he wrote, he who learns must suffer. And even in our sleep, pain that cannot forget falls drop by drop upon the heart. And in our own despair against our will comes wisdom to us by the awful grace of God. Now, I must admit to you, when I first heard that phrase, the awful grace of God, it was just jarring to me. It caused my heart and mind to go in several different directions. I was at first offended. I mean, how can God's grace be awful? But then my offense gave way to a little bit of curiosity, and I did some reading. And like so many subjects, there are a few ideas on what the playwright and poet meant with this term. The archaic meaning of the word awful means to inspire reverential wonder or fear. And some would say that God's grace leaves us filled with awe. And then others suggest what the poet is getting at here is that there is pain and suffering in life that no one wants to endure. I mean, no one wants to lose a loved one. We don't want to go through a health crisis of our own, or we don't want to experience the depths of relationship pain and struggle. Yet, there is this category of wisdom. There is this category of life lessons that can only be learned through the experience of pain and suffering. God allows us to experience pain and suffering, and if we yield to his grace in the midst of it, it places us slowly on a path of growth and wisdom that we would have never been able to journey without. One scholar reflected that we have to remember that when, when we read the story of Jacob in the Old Testament, we learn that Jacob wrestled with God and suffered a dislocated hip. For each of us, there are aspects of our lives that must be dislocated or we would never experience transformation. We all love the 23rd Psalm. 
We can all imagine dwelling in the house of the Lord forever and ever. We can all imagine sitting at the table that's prepared by his hands for us, even in the presence of our enemies. This is amazing grace. How sweet the sound. But in order to get to the dwelling place of the Lord forever and ever, we also have to walk through the shadows. We have to walk through the valley of death. This is the awful grace of God. Grace that comes to us slowly from the wisdom of pain and suffering. Well, this is our annual ministry celebration of a year that has been like no other. Beautiful and wonderful acts of ministry have been celebrated this morning. And the canvas upon which these ministry acts have been painted is 2020. A year of enormous pain and suffering around the world and in our country. Our nation went through incredible unrest as it dealt with matters of racial injustice, political divisions, and national turmoil. I have heard of people who have lost friends and family members over these divisions. There's pain over these issues in our country, deep pain. And then there's COVID-19. You know the stats, you've heard them over and over. Now over a half million people have been lost to this disease. 29 million cases in the U.S., some with long-haul symptoms that will last well for the long haul. Family members have had to say goodbye to loved ones over iPads or phones. Loved ones in nursing homes spent one of their few remaining years without being able to see and touch and hug their families. Birthdays and anniversaries were celebrated at windowsills rather than kitchen tables or restaurants. The psychological impact of being shut down, the impact of being afraid of catching a disease that could send you to the hospital just because you took a trip to the grocery store, and the impact on our children. Oh my, the pain has been real. It has been deep. It has been wide. The book of Isaiah speaks to a season of pain and suffering for the people of God. And Isaiah addresses the questions that people would ask as they experienced the hardship and the suffering of exile, a period in which they were enslaved by another nation. They witnessed the destruction of their precious temple, and many would never return home. Isaiah speaks into the questions that the people had. Has God given up on us? Where is God? Will God help us? And the answer from Isaiah rolls off the pages of Scripture with a grace-filled hope, kind of like many of you have shared. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. The last verse is our theme verse for 2021. I hope you will commit it to memory. Why don't you just read it off the screen with me right now? But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not 
be faint. God lifted the people up and out of their pain and struggle, but it didn't happen overnight. It happened drip by drip by drip upon the heart. It took time for them to learn powerful lessons. They must be faithful to God, and they can count on God being faithful to them. God is the ruler of all, and no predicament, problem, or pandemic is too big for him. It is only God that can really bring true strength and renewal. Verse 30 says, even the young grow tired and weary. They stumble and fall. In other words, the natural person gets tired and gets weary, even at the height of human strength and power. It is not enough to endure what this world can throw at you. But those that hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Some translations render the word hope as wait. The waiting or hoping is not passive. It does not mean to mark time or, or pull the covers over your head until the hardship goes away. No, it means to live with confident expectation. That blessed assurance about which Molly spoke. The confident expectation of God's action on our behalf. It is to refuse to run ahead of God as we deal with the problems and the pain of life. Those that wait will be renewed, and the result of their renewal, they'll soar on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not be faint. What a beautiful promise from Scripture. No matter what may come our way, God will deliver and redeem our most painful seasons. I took liberties with this passage and titled the message by reordering the verbs soar, run, and walk to a little more of a gradual movement, right? Because that's really how God's grace typically works in a time of, after a time of pain and suffering. We walk first, then we run, and then we soar. That's how most often it comes. The person grieving the loss of a loved one begins to be renewed gradually. The memories that bring tears outnumber the days without at first, and then gradually those days without tears increase. As President Biden says, the memory that brings a tear to your eye becomes a memory that brings a smile to your face. That to me is the awful grace of God. Drip by drip, tear by tear upon the heart, God renews us. The person betrayed by a friend or family member begins to trust gradually. Little by little, trust is restored, and the freedom from fear of being burned again subsides. Drip by drip, renewal and restoration happens. That's how the God, grace of God works, drawing us to deeper places gradually, coming to us in our pain, and dislocating us from that which would hold us back from being the people that he wants us to be. God's grace helps us through our pain to become better, not bitter. Let me say it again. God's grace helps us through our pain to become better, not bitter. So what does this mean for OTCC in 2021? Please know and please be encouraged that God has been working deeply in us and through us during this hard season. This has not just been a season of 
working through us, handing out food and helping those in needs. But God has been working in our congregation. Questions we need to ponder together. You know, I often say the key to life is knowing the right questions. We don't always know the answers, but at least we need to know the right questions. How has God dislocated us in order to transform us? A little over a year ago, right, we made the decision to take this facility and just with open hands hold it before God and before our community and release it as we are able to bless those in our city. You know, one of the struggles many churches have is the struggle of limiting the work of God to the building or even idolizing their buildings. Little did we know a little over a year ago that God would show us and teach us that we can accomplish a great deal of ministry outside these walls. Another question is, what has God taught us about the church that we would not have learned without COVID-19? That's something that, that John Chandler referred to. What really matters to the heart of God as we seek to serve our community? Of course, we will need to wait in confidence for God to renew us, even as we regather for in-person ministries. We'll walk, we'll run, and then we will soar. If we trust God to renew us, there are no limits, absolutely no limits for how God will use us in the days and the weeks and the years ahead. And hear this, we need God. We need God just as much as we come out of COVID-19, possibly more as we did to get through it. My prayer is that God will renew our passion to live up toward him in worship and honoring and in praise of him, that God would renew our passion to live in toward the community of faith, to strengthen and encourage us and to help one another grow as disciples of Jesus, and that God would light a fire and continue to light a passion in us to live out toward the world he so desperately loves and to share the ministry of Jesus, the mission of Jesus, the love of Jesus in word and deed. We need God. Amazing, awful, transforming, unlimited, marvelous grace to be the people he wants us to be and to do that which he wants us to do in 2021. But I have hope because those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Let's all be waiting in confident hope of how God is going to use us this year for his glory, for the blessing of our city, and for the vibrancy and strength and joy of our congregation. Will you join me in prayer this morning? God, we thank you so much for the way that you've worked. You've, you've heard these stories. You've these stories have been prayers of praise to you. God, you have been front and center in this ministry celebration for the work that you have done. Now, God, we lift up our hearts to you. And we recognize, God, as we look back that 2020 has been challenging for many, Lord, in our congregation. It's been challenging for our congregation, our churches, our networks, our friends around the commonwealth, the nation, and the world. And God, you have been faithful. 
And so we thank you, Lord, for lessons that you have taught us and been teaching us that we're not even aware of as of yet. And Lord, we're going to trust your Holy Spirit to continue to lead us and to guide us. We're going to trust you to continue to work through us. And Lord, I pray that as your people, that we would open our hearts to you even more, that we would open our hearts to be filled with your Spirit and filled with your grace, and that we would commit to the work that you have for us, for the growth that you have for us in 2021. Thank you, God, for all that you have done. In Jesus' name, amen.